from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia on Podcast Row. Here is your host, from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia on Podcast Row. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? How are we going? I got it. Yeah. We're happy. It's Friday the 13th. Have you, did you realize that? Friday the 13th? I know. It's a hell of a day to present <laughs> for the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a dream where I woke up and, like, that was part of the bad dream. This, you know, when you get stressed about stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just wake up thinking, that, yeah, Friday the 13th was, that was the crux of my my stress. So so how you, how you doing today? Great. It's, it's Friday the 13th. You, yeah. you making it? Like, I is this, okay. I'm know. not a superstitious guy. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those dates where some people are and. I don't really think about. I don't really think about it, but I, I, I don't know if I'd go in a cemetery tonight. Would you? No, I don't have anything to do in there either. <laughs> well, so. that's true. It's not like I seek them out. Oh, yeah. But I think it'd be in the back of my mind. Like uh, they say, people go crazy on Friday the Thirteenth. So yes, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, we are here with Steve Axel, and he's a couple different roles: um, head men's coach at Cortland University uh, up in New York, and. Uh, a regional cap director for for the Rush Soccer, so you may recognize him in that way as well. Runs a couple camps, and then also presenting um, on leadership. And I'll let you kind of talk about the class that that you're presenting on, um, and kind of what, what the basics of that looks like. Yeah, so uh, culture is kind of the main theme, and then from culture, uh, our leadership development is one of the the big pieces of the presentation and then character development is the other one. So those are kind of the two prongs outside of the presentation. Um, yeah, it seems to be like culture is kind of the theme of the presentation or, or of the convention this year. There's a lot of culture talks. So yeah, I've been to some, uh, and I actually, I'm, I'm glad that mine is not similar to a lot that I've been to, um, which is good. I, I, I wanted to, show them exactly what we do at Portland and give them practical things that they could take back to their teams and environments. So whether that's, you know, their club teams or their high school teams or their college teams, um, you know, actual tangible things that they could try with their team. So that's kind of the, the premise of it is what we do and, and some specific examples. So when you talk about culture, I guess is, is cause you're right. It is a hot button, a hot topic now. Um, but what is culture Like, how do you define it? Like, what do you, what does culture mean? Um, like, what's the easiest, I guess, layman's definition of, like, how do you describe culture? Yeah. Um, so we describe it with our guys as it's just a collection of everything that we all do. Okay. Um, and so there's really no hiding from anything. Um, you know, as simple as, you know, one guy skips a class, you know, that's now part of who we are. Okay. Right? And that's the story that other people are going to know about us and their perception. So um, it's really this, like, hyper vigil. Uh, hyper vigilant attempt to get them to understand everything that they do uh, reflects on each other, uh, not only themselves but each other on the brand, on our school. Uh, so it gets them to think big picture. So uh, that's kind of the premise that we give our guys. And so our mantra, our chant, you know, when we're in a huddle, whatever, uh, is "I am, we are." Okay. So kind of that premise of like anything that I am is also who we are. Uh, and so if we want to be X, Y, and Z, right? Like when we set our goals, then we all have to then be that. So, so you mentioned something that's interesting though. The, the, the culture is is um, it, is how other people perceive you guys as a team, which is. But 
So there's a lot. So how much of so you look at how much with the guys, what the culture, the school perceives you, and also though the culture of the team mm-hmm. of how well the team interacts because it also defines your team, yeah. right? I mean, because that can drastically change, especially when you look at the recruitment process or the culture of a team is probably defined by the head coach down. Yeah. Um, and so how do you find the culture? Um, like if we look at the recruitment, but when you look at a culture, how does a player come to Portland and how do you show your culture to a recruit? Yeah, that's actually all that I show recruits really. Um, and I kind of downplay the soccer side of things. You know, everybody's going to have soccer balls that are new. Everybody's going to have a field. Yeah. You know, there's certain things you're going to find everywhere. You know, certain teams might have a higher budget. And, you know, it might look and feel a little bit different, but for the most part, those are the things that you can't change. And so I try and tell kids, you know, when I'm recruiting them, don't get sold on things that you're going to find everywhere. Right. You know, get sold on the things that are human-based, that are, you know, the actual things that can change from place to place. Um, so I show them our culture right away. It's the first thing that I show recruits and families. That's kind of like, here's our top three things that I want to show you that I yeah. think makes us unique. And then I almost like, you know, kind of downplay the soccer side and say, yeah, everybody's got it. You know, everybody's playing. So now how, how do you look at culture in, in, in a potential recruit? Cause they, they got to fit into your culture. Yep. Um, so how, what do you, you're, how do you, how do you find that in a player that they do? They fit our culture. Perfect. Yeah. So I think when I share what exactly what our culture is to them and their parents right up front, you can tell body language wise if a kid's excited about that or if they're nervous about that, you know, so that's number one is you can kind of get a feel for, you know, are they deer in the headlights yeah. thinking, wow, this is a lot. I'm not sure. They slowly start walking away. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of the first tell. Uh, and then having them on campus, our guys are, uh, our players are like the perfect readers of recruits, you know, because recruits will put on a, a face for the coaching staff and yeah. or at least they should, you know, and mom and dad do the same thing. So, but when the kid, spends enough time on campus, gets to know our guys, they get to know them. Uh, it's hard to put on that charade, yeah. you know, for 24 to 48 hours. So they get a good feel of kind of who that kid is and, and if they're going to be a good fit. But then I also tell the parents, um, you know, one of the big things that we do is we have standards in culture, just like a school would have an academic standard where you're either on probation or you're kicked out of school, right, suspended. Mm-hmm. We have the same thing with our culture. Um, so and it's clearly defined. If you're not meeting expectations, we will remove you from the team. Um, just like a school would if you're not yeah. meeting the GPA requirements. And, and they know that going into it. Yes. Like, so 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they know the metrics as to why they would fail. You know, like it's really clearly outlined, um, to both the kids and the parents to say, here's what you're signing up for. Yeah. You know, if this excites you, great. Um, because this is what we do. Um, if you're a little bit nervous about it, you know, we'll help you in that process. Yeah. Um, but you also have to know that, you know, these are the expectations. you got to meet them or you won't be here. Well, I mean, what are the things that, you, that you're that you proud of with the culture at Cortland? I mean, because how long have you been there? I'm mean, going to make 12 years? 10. Oh, 10. well, yeah, so two years as an assistant and then 10 now as a head coach. So you mean been building the culture for a while in your own yep. style. So, But what are, you, what are you showing the kids? What do you think your culture separates you? Um, okay, so we want to win everything that we do. Um, I think – too many people kind of go anti-winning and yeah. more development these days. And it's almost like a bad word sometimes to say, like, we want to win everything. And we're going to be cutthroat about that. Um, but we all we want to win relationships. We want to win, you know, relationships with our professors. We want to win tests. We want to win community service awards. You know, like, we want to we win everything that we do. 
Um, so that's kind of the common thread is that um, you can't be a Cortland soccer player and just want to be good at soccer. Uh, we want you to strive in everything uh, and come almost, almost like that. We want you to try and be an alpha yeah. in all your circles, you know, be really good at it, figure it out. Um, and some of that is relationship based too, right? Like we want them to figure that out. So we want to win. Uh, and then we have a underneath that, um, I guess in our, um, documents that we show them, so to speak, would be our high performance model. So a high performance model for us, it's going to be really great. Um, you know, some of them are, uh, individual accountability, team accountability, um, open and honest conversations, connection, respect, um, hard conversations, yeah. you know, positive conflict is in there. Um, vulnerability. So we've got some of those tells on, on, on positive conflict. Yeah. That's, that's nearest, dive, dive into the positive conflict a little bit because conflict is such a negative word most of the time. Yeah. So dive into positive conflict. Yeah. So positive conflict is definitely directly linked for us with accountability and holding each other accountable. And so, you know, we kind of pose it as you're actually not a good friend, a good teammate, et cetera if you let things go that you know are not up to standard. Um, and so it might be the easy route in the short term, yeah. but in the long term, that's, that's not a good strategy um, for your own relationship with that person as a teammate, because then it doesn't get deep. You don't get, um, you know, it kind of stays very superficial of we're just friends because of soccer. Yeah. But if I now say, you know, Hey, look, I noticed you, you skipped that class. That's not what we do here. You're a really good friend of mine and I don't want you to go down that path because I care about you that much that I'm actually willing to tell you that and risk you being upset for a while. And when you talk about that, it, it, do you, do you see that your that the teammates do that a lot? They do. Yeah. It, it takes a while. It's hard for freshmen, really yeah. hard for freshmen. Um, so part of the talk today is, um, you know, culture for the modern player. And so I define the modern player uh, and just give some attributes later on today. But, and you know, some of them are, you know, they're trying to make connections behind a screen, you know, yeah. so there's not a lot of face-to-face -face in terms of hard conversations for them. Um, they, they're in like a, a swipe and text mm -hmm. in like culture. And so the, that type of communication between a person face-to-face -face say, hey, this isn't good enough. Yeah. I need you to do better because that's how good of a friend we are. Um, it's really different. Yeah. So it takes them a while. Our freshmen are not good at it at all. But, more, I mean, you probably lean on your captains or your, your upperclassmen to, to lean on the freshmen to say, hey, freshman, this isn't okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, um, you know, obviously, if our older players are doing it, they're modeling the behavior, yeah. right? And then the, the players see that. And then eventually you become more and more comfortable with that if you're surrounded by it. So that's kind of how our freshmen are onboarded. It's just by seeing and feeling our older players, hold yeah. them accountable yeah. and hold each other accountable. You know, it's not just the senior saying to the freshman, hey, this isn't good enough. Yeah. That's actually pretty easy. You know, if you're 22 and 18, there's already kind of like a hierarchy Co there. Correct, yeah. Uh, but they also see the senior do it to the senior. Uh, and so that's where I think the, the eye-opening piece is for our freshmen. And then, you know, through our leadership pyramid, we kind of define, you know, everyone has a part to play in leadership. Mm. It just depends on what stage you're at. So our freshmen are kind of in this lead yourself uh, phase that we define it. And so they really just need to worry about themselves, right? And like, can you get really good at you? Yeah. You know, in our environment. 
And so we actually don't put a lot of uh, conflict and positive conflict on the freshmen because they don't need to yet. They're just trying to figure themselves out. They're away from home for the first time. They're yeah. trying to figure it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then our sophomores, their their mantra, their year is lead individuals. And so that's really when we expect them to say, hey, when you see something that's not up to snuff, we gotta yeah. we got to point it out and here's how we're going to do it. Um, so that's kind of their first taste of we expect you to help someone else when they're not doing well. And so, and then, so you, there's a four year leadership plan. Yeah. That and so, so that, so what's the mantra for junior year? Then? Uh, junior year is lead groups. Okay. And so, you know, that's, we want them to get good at themselves, good at interacting with one individual and how they can be different. Um, you know, if I'm trying to connect or communicate with an introvert versus an extrovert versus yeah. this kid versus that kid, right? Like everybody needs information different. So that's sophomore year. Uh, junior year is can they lead groups now? And within that group, obviously there's like if it's a group of six people, you yeah, six different personalities for sure. Right? And so you got to manage that. Um, one of the like a, an example of junior year, we would have a junior be the director of community service for a month, right? And we'd have a, a pre meeting with them. You know, what are your aspirations? What are your goals? What do you want to yeah. do with this? What's important to you? Um, what do you think is going to help our community? And then they go do it. We're like very hands off and just say, okay, go do it. You know, we're not going to make phone calls for you. We're not doing any of it. You've got to go lead the charge. And then we have a post meeting about a month later. Okay. What went well, what didn't, you know, what would you change? Um, you know, what didn't go well in your groups, yeah. you know, of kids that you tried to manage, you know, what were some things you didn't think about, et cetera. Um, so that's junior year. And then senior year is lead the team, which is really, um, you know, there'll be times when we just give them ownership of like a lot of different things, you know, Hey, this senior, this away trip, you're choosing all the places we're going to eat. You're setting up the team meals. And so sometimes we'll take that off of our assistant coach plate and just give it to some seniors and say, Hey, why don't you take some ownership of everything the team's doing this weekend? You know, what's the itinerary? Yeah. You know, where are we going to meet? What are, when are we doing video? Um, and so we give that to them uh, in senior year. Hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's much more of, and we hate to say the word developing, but you're, you're turning young men into grown men. Yeah, and, sure. and how have you, so have you had, I mean, obviously you're, you're, I mean, you've been there. What kind of success stories have fascinated you of former players now in the real world in leadership roles? Yeah. Um, yep. Um, well, I think, number one, we've got a lot of alums that go out, and it's kind of like, you know, with your parent uh, and your kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes your kids aren't going to appreciate what you're doing for them for, sure. for 10 years, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, it's that delayed onset that they, they start yeah. to figure it out. Um, so, but we'll have alums write back and say, hey, you know, look, what we did, I just want to let you know, like, that helped me so much. That's um, awesome. You know, I now I got this promotion, or I got that, or I fit really well in this group because of some really specific examples. So that's always great. Um, we've had kids put their leadership um, pyramid, like their plan, yeah. even on like resumes and, and things like that. And just in, show that in interviews and say, hey, this is where I come from. This is what I'm really good at. Um, you know, I've done this for four years. Yeah. And, you know, I'm ready to take the next step in leadership. And here's why I'm a good fit. So um, there's a lot of examples of our alums using it, physically using it, which is pretty neat. I mean, it, yeah, it's got to be fascinating and, and because you are building. And so when you look at leaders, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, the, the freshman soft days have specific roles. How, what is, what's different from that from, from your, from a captain? 
Ah, yeah. So um, I would say a captain, a captain has to also have the on-field presence. Got it. So they have to be the player. You know, you have to check all the boxes as a player. Um, you have to have emotional control. You have to be the one that we're going to, the one that we trust to communicate with referees positively and not give us a bad slant with them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- there's just extra playing stuff with captains uh, that I think, you know, you take the best seniors that you have and then you just figure out, you know, who's our best players, who's our best, you know, kids with emotional control, who are the ones in tough times that are actually going to rally the troop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. You know, is, kinda... is it always a senior? No, no. Okay. Yeah, we just actually had a junior. Okay. Uh, this past year, so ne- never a freshman. No. Okay. Nope. Do you do you do any of? Because I know people. I mean, they don't have the leadership, you know, pathway like you have. But a lot of times they 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 try to get a captain in every class mm-hmm. because it helps represent them. So do you have a leadership team like a freshman representative or like how does or do they all go to the captain? So what we do in the spring, um, so our leadership pyramid, we, we want to be good at lead yourself, lead individuals, lead groups, lead the team in the fall. So okay. that's kind of our productivity semester. Right. In the spring is when we teach them the next phase. So if you're, you know, the spring of your freshman year, obviously you should have figured yourself out by now. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully. Um, and so we're going to teach you all about interacting with one other individual and how to get that right. And then same thing on up. Um and so uh, part of what we do in the spring uh, in those classroom sessions is we'll make like a web of influence, I would call it. Okay. So we'll ask every player a series of questions. Um, it would say, who do you follow? Right? Like if, if everything went to hell right now, who would be the one person that you would look up to enough? To like whatever they said, who would you follow? Yeah. Um, and then you start to get a lot of common names. Right. And it's a lot of the older guys and such. But then you get lines of influence. So uh, does their answer have to be a player on the team? Yes. It, okay, yep. OK. OK. Yep. OK. And so uh, I might follow you. Right. You might be my guy that I aspire to be. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm a sophomore and you're a senior. OK. I said, whatever Josh does, I would do that. You need right? you need higher goals, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there might be a freshman that looks at me in that same way. So this would be our line of influence, you know, you to me to them. And so you get common names, but then you also get like uh, intermediate type of names. And then there's usually a freshman that comes out amongst the other freshmen, you know, to say in your class, who would you follow? Yeah. And we just ask all these different questions and we start to physically put it on a whiteboard in a web form to say, look, we've got a few key players. Yeah. Right. In terms of like, you might be a senior someone else might be a senior and you guys both have really strong leadership lines. They're different, but you got about 10 players that would do anything that you did. Yeah. And there's about 10 over there that they would do. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. Are you selling juice plus here? Like <laughs> we could, we yeah. usually could with our web. We certainly could. You just call it a web. They call it a truck. They call it a pyramid. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But so we just started to get like lines of influence and yeah. just kind of pick out. And then you put it on the players and like, look, you know, whether you like it or not, you got a little bit more ownership here because you got you got eyes on you. And you got people that are going to follow what you do. I like that. Cause now, do you tell if like if I didn't know you look up to me, do you let me know? Yeah. As like, hey, Steve yeah. looks up to you. 
Yep. That's got to be fascinating for a kid because they may not. I don't think people understand the influence they have. For sure. And it's got to be fascinating. And I would assume most kids or young adults take it very seriously. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. That's that's very, that's fascinating. And it's it also really helps us as a staff and as older players like identify the kids who are not in a leadership position that have yeah. a lot of influence. Yeah. And you got to really take care of those. Yeah. Like those are the ones that are the team busters where if you don't give them opportunities to lead, they're going to lead anyways yeah. because they just have it naturally. Correct. There are people that just have that charisma that yeah. 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 Yep. And so I mean, we might have a freshman that has that charisma, you know. Yeah. Um, and if we don't know about that from a staff perspective yeah and we don't involve them in some decision making and make sure that they're on our page yeah then that's when it kind of crumbles and it can go to hell so how much i mean how much of this culture do you attribute and i'm gonna i'm gonna let you be brag about yourself because i don't know all your stats but you've won a lot mm -hmm. um and you've been to i mean what Top sixteen again? What, what would yep. you finish? So I mean, it's consistent for you of a top twenty, top twenty nationally ranked program for the past ten years, probably. Yeah, seven or eight. Okay. Yeah, since twenty fourteen. Since twenty fourteen, you've been you've been a top twenty program minimum. Yeah. Every year. Yeah, we took a little dip in twenty nineteen. And hit like twenty one. <laughs> yeah. Um, had a ton of injuries that year. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think that was. Maybe our culture saved us more so that year. Yeah. So even though we weren't winning, like just to be able to bounce back, you right. had to take that season through COVID. Yeah. And then kind of bounce back to where we are. You know, that's that's definitely got to be some culture stuff too. But and so do you? I mean, you tribute the culture. I mean, you're a good coach, but there's only so much. You know, I mean, who who cares how much you know the game? I yeah. mean, but do you attribute a lot of the, your winning to? what the culture you've built there and the leadership skills you've built. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, you know, and again, we talk about it with the recruits and their parents. First thing, yeah. the number one thing I say, Hey, look, I'm going to show you three things that if someone said, look, you only get three things yeah. of what you're currently doing to what you can do in the future. These are the three I would take with me it has nothing to do with an X and O or where right. I'm putting cones, nothing. Uh, and it's all, it's the leadership pyramid. It's our character development and then it's the culture stuff. So, hmm. Yeah. Do you think so? Back to the recruit side of things. Um, how how do recruits go about? Cause th this is I, I don't I make an assumption. This is not a common trait in in, in schools. I, I don't know many coaches that have this leadership platform like you have. Okay. Yeah. And and so how do how do players go about figuring out what a culture is? Do you tell them? This is what it is from from day one. Like, yep. Tell, and so, if coaches don't do that, how do players figure out what the culture is um, without getting, you know, because it is a watered down word right now. Everyone says, "Oh, our culture is great." Well, what does what does that mean? And yep. you come in and define. Yep. Literally, here's what my culture is. Yep. Uh, so, how how do recruits find that information out about about other schools are looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think they get it on their visit. You know, just as much as like our players are yeah. assessing recruits, recruits are assessing players and For are sure. these kids that fit who I am? Yeah. You know, and are their actions, behaviors, et cetera, match what I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, every team is going to have a culture, whether you work on it or not. Right. Right. And if you're not working on it, it's just being formed behind your back yeah. randomly. Yeah. You know, just. Um, so I think the, the college visit in the recruiting process is 
probably the, like the number one most valuable thing in For terms sure. of is this a place that I could call home? Yeah. Um, you know, online you get all the facts and figures, and you can make your lists, and you know that's how you make lists, you right? Know, the, the initial ones, but geez, if you're going to take five schools that tick every box for you and then figure out which one is the best yeah. fit. I mean, that's a, that's a gut feeling. That's not a facts and figures brain feeling. So and now, do you guys still do overnight? I know the whole game changed, but it's our overnight visits back. Are they, cause I know during COVID there's nothing. Yeah. Are you guys doing overnight visits again now? We do. Yeah. yeah. We do them sparingly. You know, we don't just give it to everybody. We want to yeah. make sure that, you know, we're in their short list of three, and they're really trying to figure it out. And they come in and stay with a player. Yep. And then now you really figure the culture out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. How do you – so when you're trying to figure culture out, I know there's ID camps and there's this whole you know, money grab and, and um, whole Twitter site devoted to money grab FC. Um, yep. So <laughs> he's a piece of work. Isn't he? But um, so – What's the difference here, though, of, of an ID camp because it's on campus? So we're mm-hmm. talking about institutional ID camp on campus with an ID camp or a, a, a school visit. Um, yeah. Are they both valuable? Do you pick one or the other um, as you're trying to figure out what culture is? Because you're both on campus for both of them. Yeah. So in general, you want to find out both cultures, the campus culture yeah, and the team individual culture. Yeah. Um, Certainly, the ID. Anytime you go to a campus and there's students there, you know you're going to find the, the campus culture. Yeah. Um, going over the summer, you know, sometimes it's tough. Like it's pretty dead. There's not a lot going on on a campus. Yeah. It just looks like empty buildings, other than maybe some camps going on, and some some summer school programs. But yeah, I would say you got to get on campus. And I mean, the best time to walk through a campus is in between classes. Oh, that's you know, a valid point. When everybody's walking around. Yeah. Like those twenty minute segments. When everybody's going to and from, I mean, you just get a feel. What are kids wearing? What are they acting like? How are they interacting? That's a um, great point. Yeah. Um, so definitely want to be on campus to get campus culture. Yeah. Um, and you could do that through their ID camps. Their one day. I mean, you're going to eat the food there. You yeah. know, if it's an overnight, you're sleeping in the dorms. Yeah. So you get some of those pieces too. Um, but then some coaches will have their players work ID camps. I think that's great. Yeah. Because then you know, you get to interact with the players right? yeah. and they're going to coach you. Right. Sometimes I'm like, you'll have the senior captain is coaching the, you know, final game at the end of the day type of yeah. thing. And so you yeah. get to see who those players are. That's really good. Um, but yeah, I think there's two distinct cultures all the time that you're looking for the on the general campus yeah. population. And sometimes that just even goes into like, you know, is it a rural campus or a college mm-hmm. town or I mean, all of that goes into it. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta know what you're looking for. And the, and the campus culture is is easy because that's like you. I mean, just go. You don't have to have a coach involved. Yep. I mean, you know, you're going you're going on a showcase. Yep. And I Disney it's Disney this weekend, so you're in Disney, and there's a camp. You drive by a campus, just walk through it, drive drive through it. You yep. know, and that's easy. There's no no appointment, no 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 anything. Yeah. Um, and you get a feel of what a what a school is. Yeah. Like I remember sure. the first time I walked on Mizzou, I knew me like it's too big. Like, yeah. This is it looks fun, but I, I will self implode it, you <laughs> yeah. know. So, yep. um, and it took me 10 minutes to figure that out, you know. And so, that's that's an easy one, yeah. For sure. Um, I think the team can be harder. Yeah. Um, what do you do on individual visits? Um, how, how do you do they get to meet the team? Or I guess it depends on the time of year, I guess, probably. Yeah, time of year for sure. Um, a general campus visit for us is they come and meet with us first for about an hour, hour and a half. I show them the culture things. And just say, I want to let you know that these are the most important things for me. Yeah. Um, 
And then I said, but I also want you to critique that, right? Like, I want you to spend time here and I want you to actually hold me to the fire. And like, is what I'm telling you what you're feeling? Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times it's easy to, coaches are good salesmen too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I say, I don't want to be a salesman. I want to be your coach. Yeah. And so if you find that the culture doesn't fit, I want to know that. And you probably For shouldn't sure. come here. Yeah. Right. Because that's a, that should be a red flag. But I tell them that all up front um, and just say, here's going to be your time and here's what you should look for. Yeah. Um, and then the player goes off with our players. Uh, Mom and dad take a tour with either me or my assistant. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we split them up. Okay. Um, and that's a good time for the parents to interact with us and really just kind of talk about the financial piece. Yeah. What's important to us and, you know, kind of have adult conversations. Well, cause they're sending you their 18 year old kid. Right. And, yep. and, and you're in charge of them now. Yep. That's, 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 that's neat. Another Steve Axel nugget there. <laughs> I get nuggets every time I talk to you. There you go. So, and then you send them off to the players, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, you know, if it's just a day visit, we'll usually come back together and all have dinner together. Okay. Um, you know, out either in town or on campus, you know, the parents and the player. Yeah. The players who the player interacted with yeah. that day and us as a staff. So that's like a eight or nine person kind of meal at the end of the visit. And so, then if they're staying, then, you know, they stay and they, they kind of do all that. So to do a, 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 a campus visit for you, like, it's got to be a, a, a semi-serious recruit. Yeah, for sure. Because like, for me, like, I'd probably give you from 10 a.m. till 6 or 7 p.m. Yeah. Okay. Full day. Um, and really try and create an entire itinerary for you. And build in time where the parents can go into town. Yeah. They're like, hey, here's a good chance for you guys to go, you know, grab a coffee or walk around town. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we try and micromanage that to give them the most exposure to everything that they would want to see. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, that's hmm. yeah. Because I think so many. I mean, obviously, I mean, we did a whole, you did a whole, the whole course of figuring yourself out. So many kids don't figure that part out. Yeah. Um, and, and it deeply matters. Like this, this is fascinating. Um, of 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 how much how much depth you go into it makes me feel very inadequate as a coach. Uh, I look back at my years in college and go, man, I never did any of this stuff. <laughs> I always thought we had a good culture. Uh, you know, so, yeah. And I think it's tough for kids. And, and we've, we've all, we know those coaches that it's just, yeah, it's pure sales. They say our culture's fun or our culture's this, and then they don't actually define it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's easy to have a good culture. Yeah. Just like it would be easy to have a high T GPA. You just recruit smarter kids. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to win. Right. Right. And so I think the crux of it is, can you have a really strong culture that supports winning? Yeah. Right. Because if you just go after the top recruits and you're not worried about culture, now you've got probably a bad culture that's winning. Mm -hmm. Right. And you could probably still win. If yeah. you're a great recruiter, there's a lot to do it. And that was one of the questions you ask in, in, in their course is, would you rather, would you rather be in a team that, it's full of jerks, but you're winning. Yep. Or on a team that doesn't win as much, but everyone cares. I yep. can't remember what the question was. And it's a, it's a great, yeah. It's a great question that you ask. And it, because it's, that. I think it's easier to do one of the two. Yeah. And it's really difficult to do both. Have a great culture. Yeah. That has that you know respect and all of that um, positive conflict, like all that high performance model stuff that also wins. I think that's the toughest part. Yeah. And, uh, like I had a, a mentor back in the day say. You know, girls teams, female teams that get along will win, and guys teams that win will get along. 
Um, and that was kind of like how he defined culture on it's, teams. It's, so he said, it's valid. Yeah. He said, you know, look, if you're a guy's team and you're winning, it's easier to then get along. Yeah. Um, but it's also really easy to get a bunch of alphas in the room and have that boil over. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you lose all the respect and it's too cutthroat. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of the transfer portal stuff now. That was my, that was my next question. Yeah. It. Is, I mean, they're just getting chewed up and spit out by uh, cultures that I would say are too much performance based. Yeah. Without the other wing of the, the yeah. relationship side. Do, do you, and, I, and I, I'm going to get back to the, the transfer portal, but for you, I don't know if you track, but how many kids do you lose to the transfer? Like, I imagine kids don't leave Portland. No, they don't. Because in, in my 10 years, we've had two kids transfer out. That's an incredible, like, that to me is, that's a poster stat. From, I mean, I, I mean, that's an incredible stat. Yeah. That kids are staying, they're graduating. Um, I don't know of any other school that has that. Well, well that's, but we'll also cut kids, but they'll stay. They won't go play somewhere else. We've only had two that have gone and played on other college soccer teams in my 10 years. And they'll stay because they just become such good friends with the guys on the yeah. team. They'll just stay and be a part of the team. We call it the, it's funny, we call it the graveyard. But <laughs> there's a, there's another, like a, the opposite side of the field where kind of like players that were in the program at one yeah. point. And look, it's a ton of work, yeah. right? Like being a college soccer player. Sure, so yeah. some of them, it's not just you know, we cut them haphazardly. Some of them just come to us and say, Hey, look, this is a lot, right? Yeah. Like I want to focus more on my academics or, yeah. or whatever that might be. Um, but yeah, there's like a graveyard of guys. They, they won't transfer. They just, they come and they come to every single game and they support their friends and it's pretty neat. That's an incredible stat to me. I mean, that, that to me is, 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 is right now. And I don't know last time I know you, you recruit heavily from the transfer portal, Yep. but like, have you seen the latest figure? I don't know what the number is for the transfer portal right now. I haven't. We, we probably looked, a couple of weeks ago, I bet it's over 800 right now. Jeez. Just Division One, yeah. From and that's just this this year. That's just that's just one. Of. So you're talking probably, you know, you're talking thousands of kids, yeah, every single year, and yeah. you've had two yeah. in ten years. That's incredible. That is a that, that's an incredible set. Really. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah, you should teach a class on that. <laughs> <laughs> the modern player, you'd be really you'd be really good at that. That's right. No, that's fascinating, man. I think leadership. You know, I, I wish more. I wish more coaches cared deeply, and 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 I guess I'm like that's a double edged sword, and and I don't know, I don't know. There are certain schools though you may not have the time to do that. Yep. Because it's you have two bad seasons, and and you're in your in your in your fire. Yeah. And so, it sounds like you're in a good situation. Luckily, you're winning. Yeah. But you're also probably pretty secure that if I have a bad season, I still produce good kids. We, we do community service. Like my kids are still are valid. So you're not, you're not afraid of losing your job. Whereas yep. power five or, you know, they may be terrified of losing a job yeah. and they only can win. Like yeah. that's how, For so sure. I, I mean, yes, you do a great job, but I, you're also in a, an environment probably that supports that a little more Definitely. than a division two that you are division one. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. I, so I'm just by nature, very performance based. Yeah. Um, in like the lens that I look through life of like, you know, that, that winning, losing that, you know, the heads yeah. or tails, like, let me know. Did yeah. I win that or lose that? Like, uh, I always tell our guys, you know, like anytime you want to rate anything, if you want to figure out where you are a zero or a one, just rate it one to 10. You can't use seven. Yeah. Right. Like and if it's a six, it's a zero if it's an eight to one. Let's move on. Right? Yeah. You yeah. won or you lost. Yeah. Um, and so 
I, I just think that my approach towards winning and having success on the field, I know for a fact that this stuff helps that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's purely saintly that, you know, I only care about them, but yeah. I also care about performance. I just think the two are, are not mutually exclusive. I think they're really linked more than we know. And I yeah. think probably in the next 10 to 20 years, um, that'll be the norm because, you know, if you look at even this convention here, yeah. you know, like this, this is the, the hot topic is culture and mental, just, mental health. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, there's gotta yeah. be 20 presentations on it, yeah. you know, at least. So, you know, you take that and you take, you know, the young coaches that are here right now and what they're going to learn here yeah. and all these different sessions, and then they're going to go try and implement it. And so 10 years from now, we'll probably be in a very different place. For sure. I mean, I think five years ago, we were in a different place. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the game is changing and it's evolving. And I mean, you're at the, the, the modern player. Um, you know, so, but no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, it's, you know, and I like what you said in the very beginning. I, I want to take that is winning everything. Yeah. Um, and it does that competitive spirit. And like you said, winning everything, whatever it is. Winning, that, I think that's a great line as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, I got to start right. We got to get a book of Steve-isms um, of, of what it is. So, um, well, in the win at everything too. So I share with our guys, there's, I forget who it is. There's a stat out there. Um, I think it was just in, in one of the journals of, I forget the journal. I, I don't want to quote it, so I'll get it wrong. Um, but anyways, there's a study that just came out that, uh, you want to fail. You want to be pursuing things that you fail at about 85%. Uh, or you yeah. want to have success at about 85% and fail 15 Yeah. Um, you know, and, and some of them were the, you know, we want we want to create really small goals, daily goals that we know we can achieve. And that'll help us because we'll start to stack good feelings on them, yeah. right? But that's actually not true. Um, you, no. know, you want to have some opportunities to fail. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think sometimes... I mean, even our educational system, you know, mm -hmm. grade inflation and all that, you know, I don't, I mean, getting an 85 right now to a kid is like, oh my God, you know, what did I do wrong? Why did yeah. I get an 85? But, you know, realistically, if you're actually grading kids and critiquing yeah. them really hard, an 85 should be great. Yeah. Right? Like that should be a really good, good effort on what you're doing because the test provided you an opportunity to fail 15% of the time. And now you're a little bit more motivated to go yeah. after the next thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, that link between failing and whatnot. And so if we want to define everything as like, we want to win everything, well, you can't win everything, right? Right. You're going to lose games. You're going to lose interactions. You're going to lose on a test. You're going to yeah. like, you're going to have those moments, but we're going to hold you accountable to them and say, Hey, that's not good enough. Right. Right. That actually is a fail. That's a zero. Yeah. Right. And so and how, do you, how, do you, how do you fix it and move on? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think failing is huge. And I think that's, a, and it's, you know, you're a parent as well. And, and you don't, it's hard to let your kids fail. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, you know, you need to, you know, I, and, and I have, oh, I have let my kid fail, and and I saw the the pain in his eyes, mm -hmm. and I, it brought me to tears. I had to leave, but I knew I was doing the right thing. Yep. But I couldn't, I couldn't stand him failing because yep. I knew I could have stopped it. Yeah. And that that's a tough, but it helps, you know, and, yep. and it, it's and it matters to, to fail. You have to. You're yep. right. I mean, if you're good at everything, well, we've seen those players in anything. It's like they're always good. But yeah, you're on the third team. Of course, yeah. you're, you're of course you're very very good. Come yep. up here to the first team and fail. Yeah. Um, you know, and you mentioned the eighty five percent. It's interesting because um, in sales, you know, owning a company and ours was, you know, you want to lose if you win every single sale, your your prices are too low. Yeah. 
you know, and if you never win, your price is too high. Yeah. You should lose sometimes, yeah. you know, and it helps you. And so that, that, that applies in life. And that's the metric of, if you win everything, yep. you know, you know, I tell that to our assistant coaches when we recruit. Yeah. And I actually want a much lower success rate in recruiting because I'm like, you know, look, if you're getting every kid to say yes, they're not good enough to play here. Yeah. Right. For like sure. on average, you should be failing in recruits and they should yeah. choose to go to a higher level a lot. Yeah. Those are the kids we want to go after and target. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's everything. Is that's fast. You want to win, but you also want to put yourself in the environment where winning is not a guarantee. Right. You yeah. Know, you got to have skin in the game or else it just doesn't mean anything. Correct. Yeah. It, winning gets, you, you get, you get bored, you get complacent, Yeah, you know, and you see these, com- it happens every year. You see these conferences that are, are easy and they win their conference every year, but they can't make it out of the first round of the, of the NCAA tournament because they've never played anyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you see the club coach do the same thing. Oh, put me in the lowest bracket. Why? Yeah. Because you want to, you want a plastic trophy. Like yeah. this, you're not helping anyone. I mean, right. it's, I want to go lose, you know, that's the first, like I love out of town tournament, especially for, you know, the youngers is like, let's go out of town. Let's go up to Kansas City or down to Memphis and lose. You're not, yeah. you're not at home with your grandma and grandpa. Let's go down there and get our butts kicked. Who cares? Yeah. We come back home and we had a great time. So yeah. I want to lose in those tournaments. You know? And good data point yeah. for them, right? Like just in their life of, oh, there's someone out there better. Yeah, and for sure. should make you strive. Hopefully. You know, and if you're always winning, there's really nothing to strive for because, like you said, you just get comfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like, um, you know, it'd be like going down and like me playing U10 right now. Yeah. Like, of course it's easy. Like, but like, how does that... <laughs> At, at the end of the day, that's I actually wouldn't define that as winning, right? Like you're just in the wrong league, you're in the wrong environment. So maybe the the pace I'm at now, though, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, my old age, maybe all I could do. Yeah, that's true. Physically, I think I do well. Yeah, yeah. cardiovascularly, probably not. My ten year old son thinks I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Well, it's uh, we're gonna play some rapid fire. Um, oh, we forgot to make fun of Tyler's cat. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh are you friends with him on, on social media? Yeah. And you see his like his oh wife loves God. the cat. I know. And it's every time it's it's uh for those of you who don't know, our our normal co host Tyler Tomlinson got a hairless cat. Um and and so he is also a regional cat director, so our team, the three of us have it's been a good month or so. Yeah. Of nonstop making fun of, of, of the hairless cat. So if you haven't seen, if you're listening to this, if you've never seen hairless cat, please Google it. Um and that's what Tyler has, and it, it, it is the it's ugly um, and expensive <laughs> and ugly and uh, yeah. So if any of you out there listening find a really funny hairless cat <laughs> meme, send it to Josh. Yes, I'm going to use it, or yes. you can send it directly to Tyler <laughs> yes. and just say this is from Steve and Josh because we do that you know weekly. With him. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Tyler's hairless cat. But hey, we're gonna play some rapid fire, answer some questions here. Uh, and uh, get ready for rapid fire. All right, here we go. Rapid fire, Steve Exdale, Nike or Adidas? Nike, Nike, the number one video on YouTube by views right now. Um, what do you think it is? Most watched YouTube video ever. Oh, it's probably some kid playing with a toy or something. I seen that seems to be a thing now. I don't even know. Baby shark, dude, dude, uh, dude. Yeah. It's got to be some. <laughs> it is. Thing. It's baby shark, and I saw that. No reason I wanted to add that in because I wanted to get it stuck in everyone's head. I'm hoping later on, like, baby shark. Dude, 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 dude. What's your favorite cereal? I'm not a big cereal guy. Probably, um, I don't know, special K. Okay, something simple, nothing okay. sweet. Uh, uh, cake or pie? Cake. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream? 
Cookies and cream. Mm, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, favorite candy? Butterfinger. Ooh, I used to get into Butterfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a chocolate guy over like sweets, like uh, like Starburst or the? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call those. Um, oh yeah, like the yeah fruity candy. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably more chocolate. Okay. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerds guy. Um, and I will Halloween time those little box of nerds. Yeah. So I said before, I think I said, yes, I would take those like shots. And <laughs> dad, I, dad oh my gosh, dude. I <laughs> love nerds. Like it is a, it is a weak, it is a weakness of mine. So, uh, crunchy or cr- crunchy or normal peanut butter. I would do crunchy. We, we have smooth because our kids love it. Yeah. But if it was me, I would choose. Crunchy. I love crunchy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. My kids think, think, think it's weird. Yeah. 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 So, all right, that's rapid fire. Uh, and, uh, we had some fun. So Steve Axtell. Coaching the class at uh, four o'clock today. Four thirty. Four thirty. Um, for those of you in Rush, like I said, the the Cap University, those courses, uh, Steve was the driving force behind those. So I just made it look pretty, but most of that is Steve's material. So there's a figuring yourself out course on there that I think is is brilliant. That helps you help guide you, help you figure out what what the team culture is. Um, whether you want to play in college or not, I think it is a valuable. It's a really good course. Um, it's actually one of my favorites that we have uh, is, is to figure yourself out. Um, and I think it should be the first step of what you do yeah. um, in, in this process of figuring out and um, figuring out, do you even want to play collegiate soccer? So um, the Cap University has, has evolved. And, and I say, you're the, Steve's a driving force behind that. And, and so is this, and as we continue to evolve with that. so And the parent one coming up. So we're yeah. working on a parent yeah. one. So parents parent, out there, yep. if you're listening, um, we're working on a parent one. Yep. So that'll kind of, that'll probably be unrolled, what, in about a month, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're always, always adding new classes, and, and, and so we got Cap University Live and live courses and things like that. So, um, But this has been CapChat Live from the uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention, Productive Recruit. Uh, we're presented by Productive Recruit, uh, who we work with, and um, they have helped us build our Navigate program. And uh, So it, it's a great platform as well, Productive Recruit, here at the USC Convention on Friday the 13th. Uh, with Steve Axtell, man, have a good time, and thanks for swinging by. Thanks, appreciate it.